Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne and receive mercy, grace to help us in our time of need. And we need you all the time, Lord. I know we say that. We mean it because it's true. (laughs) There isn't anything that we can do without you that's going to succeed, and we know that. And we thank you for that appointment that we have with you, for the things that we need, and to have fellowship with you, sit at your feet, listen, receive. It's all good, and we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So, we're going to talk about the fact that his word was with power. Amen? His word was with power. And um, it's good to understand that about Jesus and, and what was different about him, what set him apart from the religious uh, people of the day from the scribes and the Pharisees and um, those uh, temple and and synagogue people. Um, Even though they were appointed by God to do what they did, so was Jesus. And uh, this is what we need to understand about his earthly ministry, how different it was, how different it was. From what they were accustomed to. Uh, that was why people were drawn to him. People are always drawn to the power of the anointing. Don't care who it's on. Um, people who are anointed sometimes get that confused with themselves. Amen. You think it's you, but it ain't you. But it is you to a degree because you got to yield to him. Certain things you have to do to wear that anointing. And to step into it and to function in it. So we're still learning about it, to be honest with you. There's not a whole lot that we we can say we definitely know about the power of God. We, we can sense some things about the Holy Spirit. But every day you live with him, you're learning. Amen. There's no such thing as got it down pat, knowing it all. As soon as you think you know something, he'll prove to you you don't. As soon as you think uh, that you have ownership of that power, you'll find out you don't have it. You got me? And, and it is contingent upon God's release of it into your life. And so we're, we're always amazed and in, in, in awe of what God does uh, because he does it so faithfully and he does it so precisely. He, he does it so well. You know, the Bible said that about him. He did all things well. In other words, he never had any regrets about how he did anything. He always got the results because he had the spirit beyond measure. Amen. We we get a measure of it because that's all we can stand. Most of us can't stand the little bit we got. You know, it makes us jump all over the place and go crazy and can't can't talk, can't sleep, stay up all night long and all that kind of stuff, but you know, I mean, it, it, it's all good because it's God and He wants us to become accustomed to working with His power. Amen. Allowing Him to, because it belongs to us. He went to Calvary, gave His life so we could have it. Amen. And so it is our inheritance. It is what he left for us. Amen. And so when we, we talk about these things, we, we need to understand how he got the power that he got. Because he came to earth, humbled himself, and the Bible says he was found in fashion of a man. So he was shaped in, and embodied in humanity. 
And he lived in that humanity um, under the instruction of the Father God and, and his earthly parents. He lived in that humanity until he went to the cross. But at one point, he was anointed to do his ministry. And so that's what we want to focus on right now is what happened that he received the power from on high. Why were his, what, what caused his words to be with power? And so when you, when you look at the early days of Jesus on, on earth, uh, we see him when John the Baptist began to preach. That was when Jesus knew that his ministry was about to start. So John the Baptist said, I am one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So in other words, he was, he was preaching, uh, the old covenant, but in a transition mode. So it's kind of, you gotta pick up some things, you gotta know when the old is, is leaving and the new is coming into, into fashion. Amen. And so as John is preaching, he's bringing people into a knowledge of one who is coming after him. But in order for John to be able to influence people, he has to be anointed as well. And so John, being a transition preacher, is understanding that somebody is coming after him who is mightier than he is, more powerful than he is. He says, I'm not even worthy to bend over and tie up his sandals or, or you know, tie the laces on his shoes. He says, he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. So John was baptizing in water. Amen. Uh, this isn't the same baptism that we have. Amen. Uh, ours is, is conversion baptism. That was more like, um, uh, remember under the old covenant, they would say sanctify yourselves and, and set yourselves apart because God is going to visit us. He's going to come. So in other words, stop the stupid stuff. This ain't no time to go giving a big party or anything. Get yourself settled and peaceful and consecrated unto the Lord. And one of the, one of the, uh, uh, signs of that was water baptism, where they would repent and confess their sins and make certain changes in their lives. They would ask John, what do I need to do? And he would tell them, he said, stop gambling, stop cussing, stop stealing money. Uh, show me some fruits, meat for repentance. In other words, show me where you are willing to make a change. Uh, stop doing something. Amen. In our baptism, we can't stop doing anything. We have to give ourselves over to God first, and then he puts the stopper in there. Amen. He is the power that causes us to quit doing evil and start doing good. So these transition operations that were going on uh, during during Jesus' time, the time when he was being announced and set in his ministry, are things that we have like some shadows of them, we have some vestiges of them, but in the new covenant that we're under, the curse is broken. The law has been, uh, all the ordinances that, that we couldn't do, 
uh, they, they are, they are done by, uh, the Holy Spirit working through us now. So it, this new covenant is something you have to experience once you come into the born again life. Amen. Then God begins to open and unfold it to you, but you can't reach back and grab things from the old covenant. You can't grab anything from the transition period. You can't grab any of these things because now we've come into a covenant that is totally new, totally by faith, and totally empowered. Amen? And so when when you think about it, we we have to keep walking forward in God, forgetting the things that are behind, reaching forth into the things that are before us, and press on into what, what we have going for us in the now and in the future. And so Jesus was beginning to teach about a kingdom which was available to people right now. Everything Jesus did was a now happening. So he was a prophet, but more than a prophet. He was an apostle, but more than that, he was an evangelist. He was a pastor, and he sure was a teacher and a preacher. And so he in, he enveloped all five offices in one gift. Amen. And in the Bible says he ascended on high, led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So after he died and was raised from the dead, these ministry gifts he began to distribute into different individuals. Amen. Some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Why? So the body of Christ could grow up. So we could move beyond begging for the things that we need and move into maturity and start when you mature, you start to reproduce. And that's what God looks for in his people is is the ability to reproduce after our own kind. Amen. Whatever kind you are, that's what you're going to produce as you obey God and preach and teach his gospel. So Jesus, it says here in Luke chapter 3. 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. So Jesus really was water baptized to fulfill all righteousness. Amen. It it makes sense to not cause controversy and not to set him apart as being different by refusing certain things. You got me? And so he was, he was a man. He was in bodily form and he did everything that the men did to show their devotion to God, the Father. So he lived as an example and he never broke that responsibility to live the kind of life that would pull people into the kingdom and not cause confusion and keep them on the outside. So he allowed John to baptize him. At first, John was refusing. Remember that conversation? He said, I need to be baptized by you. Amen. Well, that was never going to happen. You got me? John wasn't going to be there. At Pentecost. And he prophesied his own demise. He said, I must decrease so that he can increase. So when there's a, a 
ending of one covenant and beginning of another one, God has to clean that old one up in such a way that there's nothing, no remnants left of it to gather together. That's why the temple was destroyed. Because there wouldn't be any more sacrifices because the one sacrifice for all time had been given. Amen. And the temple was really kind of destroyed by God because the veil was split from top to bottom. Amen. And the Holy Ghost was released. So God knows how to take care of these transition situations. Sometimes we don't like the way they happen, but we have to understand that God has a plan for everything. He knows what he's doing. And so Jesus then was was water baptized, not unto repentance, but to fulfill all righteousness. There's a difference. Amen. He had no sin. He confessed no sin. He just got dunked. Amen. Amen. And he said, I did it to fulfill all. I'm a man. All the men are doing this to show their devotion to the Father in heaven. And so that's why I'm doing it. And the Father backed it up and said, this is my beloved Son. And this pleases me that he did this. This wasn't wrong to do. Amen. So he sets Jesus apart from everybody else that's coming up there. Everybody else is coming telling John, I'm going to quit doing this. I'm going to quit doing that. The ones that didn't do it, he called them snakes and vipers. Amen. And so there was a a checking of people. You know, there was a, a confession from people that they they were going to straighten up and they were ready to receive the kingdom. Amen. And and many people followed Jesus. A lot of them received the kingdom. Amen. Uh, more than than wanted to hang around at the temple eventually. So so it, we could see God was moving. He was moving in this thing. And so <clears throat> after this in in Luke chapter four verse one. It says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, he descended on him in bodily form as a dove. Amen. And so many people think, believe that was his filling. It's, there's evidence there that it descended on him may have been his filling. But how do we know he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost all along throughout his whole life? Now, there's a difference between being filled with the Holy Ghost and being anointed for service. You got a lot of people run around praying in tongues, but they're not anointed to serve. Amen. They think they are. And this is a confusion. See, this is why we need to teach on tongues. We need to teach the word and we need to teach people to understand when there's an unction within them to reach out and begin to preach the gospel and begin to pray for people, lay hands on the sick when there's a healing anointing. You just don't just grab people and start rubbing on them, start talking about what God is doing. There has to be an unction to these things. Amen. Now, we were out witnessing, and this little lady wanted to follow me around. You know, you can always tell when the devil's got somebody on assignment. And I considered several times. I said, let me just ignore her. I said, let Miss Nola do this one. And uh, <laughs> and I said, nah, I said, God, I'm not going to be a chicken today. I'm going to confront this, okay? So she wants to pray. I said, go ahead and start. I said, I'm in agreement with what she, she wants to lay hands on me and rub me. And I looked at her. I said, no, that's not right. I said, it's not right. 
Well, see, if you know, uh-uh. I said, stop. I said, we're done with the prayer, okay? So you have to sometimes confront and put these demons in their place. Because immediately when I cut her loose, she jumped in her van and ran. You understand what I'm saying? Why didn't she finish her day off? She had more t-shirts. Don't have scripture on nothing she's doing. Do you understand me? These are certain calling cards that God gives you to let let people know he sent you to do something. You got me? So so anyway, the, these things, you, you have to understand who you are, who you serve, what the kingdom you are representing is all about, and how to destroy the works of darkness that are trying to put confusion on what you're doing. See, God doesn't need to send two groups of people out to do the same thing. You understand what I'm saying? Isn't he's not divided like that? You know, if 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 I had the mind to do it, I would say, well, we'll come back later when you know you do this. And I thought, no, we'll stay, because when we were here last, nobody else was here. It's not a coincidence these people show up once you get something started. You got to learn how to think in God. And understand who you are and what you're doing. And you're going to have to fight to hold on to territory. You're going to have to fight to hold on to the purity of what you're doing to help people. Amen. And just do what you got to do. Amen. And get it done and get it over with. And so, so these are the things that, that, that come when you're anointed. When you're anointed, the strong man is all gone. He's sent to challenge you. He don't want to do it. You know, demons would rather do anything to confront somebody that's anointed. But they're under command to do it. They can't not do it. When the, when demons would come up to Jesus in the temple, Oh, Jesus, what do we have to do with you? They're scared of him. So so they don't like having to do what they have to do, but they do it anyway because they're under command to do it. If they don't do it, then I don't know what the devil does to him, but you can tell he's got him under fear, you know, for not doing what they're assigned to do. And so, so you have to understand these things, you know, you can understand them if you can, if you don't like the way that sounds, just put it on the shelf or just say she's wrong and, you know, all that kind of stuff people like to say when they're ignorant. But you're not ignorant. You know this work. You've been doing this long enough to know what we're up against. Amen. We'll have people come to our meetings and just as nice until you tell them not to pray for somebody. And you see their countenance change. They rage at you. They start foaming at the mouth, turning red. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so you got to know what you're dealing with, folks. So when you're anointed, but for real, though, it brings with it certain reactions, brings with it certain blessings. It brings with it certain ramifications you got to stay with what god gives you and just keep your mind focused on the job and get the job done to me it's a job you know it's not personal it's only business and so that's that's the way i look at it but it's got to be done and so here jesus is he's full of the holy ghost it says he returned from jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness now the spirit begins to lead you after you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you will follow him. Amen. So he was 40 days tempted of the devil. 
So for a period of time, God puts us under a test before we're anointed. You tell this to your average, ton-talking, charismatic, Pentecostal person, they don't know anything about it. No. Did God test you in some things? What What did you? Oh yeah, I, brother so and so. I was under him, and I no. I'm not talking about who you crawled under. I'm just asking you: Was did God test you in these things before He anointed you? Oh, oh, well, oh, oh, oh. He'll tell you if you ask Him. God, where was I tested? What, what did I? Am I anointed? To ask him that first. Amen. I would tell you a little secret. Most people who are functioning do it under a group anointing. It's under an anointing of somebody that you're under leadership with who is anointed. Because you can tell people try to go out on their own and they bomb quickly because the test isn't over yet. YMCA. It's fun too. <laughs> you see it over and over and over again. Yeah, the Lord told me I'm supposed to go out and start my own ministry. Got it? Why? Because you go out in a group, God uses you. You're at the supermarket, he uses you. All of these things. You don't know when the test is over, to be honest with you. When it's time to get out on your own. Huh? You know, people who are, are at ease with what they're doing often tend to have to get kicked out of the nest <laughs> before they'll leave. Amen? It's just true. Or they lock the doors on you, can't get back in the, the church where they loved you so much a year ago. They've been turning hostile for a year. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now you can't get in there. So what do you do? You keep going. Find a new place to serve God. Ask God where he wants you to be next. And go there. Or you go sit at home and mope. Try to call back and beg him to take you back. Huh? So these are testings, folks. <laughs> They're testings to see what you're going to do. Huh? You're saved, you pray in tongues, you understudy, all of these things. So, so when do you know? Hmm? Well, you know pretty much like Jesus knew. It says here, he was 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days, he didn't eat anything. And when they were ended, he afterwards was hungry. And then the devil begins to really try to get him to roll over and play dead and and serve him. And he tests him in three different areas. Many people never pass any of these tests. And they get out and try to work for God. And temptation comes. And they've never really overcome. That's why we see so many preachers get, you know, if, if somebody puts you in charge of a of work that they're doing and, and uh, you kind of blow up overnight. Go viral somewhere. And then three years down the road, you can't handle it. You start dealing in drugs and dabbling in things you used to dabble in just to stay sane. See, it would have been good for you to stay in the harness a little bit longer. 
until you had overcome these temptations and let God release you. I always say green bananas you can't do anything with, but if you get the ones that are yellow and brown, they make a nice banana bread if you can't eat them. Just like that. But I'd rather be overripe, amen, than to be underdone. And so overripe, you can always sweeten somebody. But underdone, it's just a a bad taste in people's mouths. And we have a lot of that. We have a lot of self-launch people. You're always going to have that. We've always had it. You're always going to have it. You have a lot of self-launches. You have a lot of people that get out. They can launch and be on the right course for a minute. And then all of a sudden want to shift gears and be another ministry gift. Amen. And so we, we have to be solid in what we, and, and develop this relationship of depending on the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus did. When he was tempted, he depended totally on the Holy Spirit. And so he, he was allowed to answer the devil when he suggested certain ways for him to live. Amen. And so it says in verse six, and the devil said to him, all this power I will give you and the glory of them. For it's delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. And he tempts other preachers with that even now. Amen. He says, if you will worship me, it'll be all yours. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God. Him only shall you serve. So he dethroned the devil there out of his life. He put him in his place. So his words had enough power to repel the devil when he was in the wilderness. When your words have enough power to repel the devil and there's nobody there to help you, nobody there to coddle you, no altar to run up to, then you're pretty much on your way. You can take authority over the devil and cast him out of your life, cast him away from you. Or follow simple instructions for how to resist him, submit to God, and make him leave you alone, then you're on your way. And see, this is the test of resisting evil that everybody who's a servant of God must go through. Why is it that people get all excited and talk about, I'm going to start a deliverance ministry? When this is the first order of business, you got to resist the devil yourself. And get him out of your life before you can help somebody else who's oppressed of the devil. If Jesus had to do it, we have to do it. But so many people get tongues and they want to run off and start something. Amen. And they've never operated in authority so their words can be with power. And this was the when the power was crowned on Jesus. When he made the devil leave him alone. After 40 days of nothing to eat. Out by himself, no help, no friends, no nothing. He was able to resist him and get victory. And it says, and he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a high pinnacle. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down because angels will come. Amen. Presumptuous sins. He had to get victory over that. And verse 13, when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season know this that he always comes back he always gives it another try and jesus returned in the power of the spirit unto galilee so this was the first place 
that the Holy Spirit led him to go. After you're anointed and empowered, the Holy, then from that day forward, you're totally led by the Holy Spirit, or you're supposed to be. Amen. And he began to teach in their synagogues, and people began to eat it up. They loved his words. Amen. Loved it. And he was there one day, and he went to Nazareth and, and came to read in, in the synagogue on the Sabbath. In verse 18, he read from the prophet Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's, he's anointed me. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, he said, I'm going to preach. I'm anointed to preach. That's what we are, are anointed to do. First of all, you got to release words so that God can confirm them with signs following. And that's what Jesus did. If you look at what he preached, he preached about the kingdom that, that had different rules, that had different regulations, but boy, the payoff was going to be great. To anybody who lived in this kingdom, you had, there was an anointing here on his words that would set you free, that would give you power, that would bring into your life all the goodness of God, all the good things that God has for you because of this new covenant that he's introducing that, that is, is endless in its power. Amen. His words, and, and then his words started to come to life in the hearts and the minds of people. They couldn't forget his sermons. They had to have more. And that's the first thing that the anointing will do. It will satisfy a thirst and a hunger in you, but it will also leave you craving for more. Why do you think they kept following him? It was it was fresh every time they heard it. Amen. It wasn't like the scribes. They said that. They said they, they couldn't believe the power on his words. Amen. And he said the, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it to the ministers, went and sat down, and everybody was watching him. See? Because of the power on his words. And he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen? So, so it's either that he was just anointed when he read that. Amen? Now that'll give some people a clue. Amen. You'll find your ministry when you read the Bible. Amen. You ever were really read Mark 16, 17 and 18 and let it settle in on you and get a witness in your heart and a quickening in your spirit that this is something that you're going to do? See, it happened, but you skipped over it. You didn't pay much attention to it. <laughs> Jesus paid attention to everything. He said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Amen? You can read it and receive the power for it right away. You understand what I'm saying? Especially if it's for you. If you're a believer, it's for you. You can receive these things. See, once you start receiving directly from God like this, then there's no stopping what God will do with you. You see, Jesus didn't go over to the Pharisees and ask them to give him permission to do nothing. Amen. 
Now, we don't do that here because we have a structure. We have a church structure. You're in somebody's church. You need to have their permission to go around praying and laying hands on people, doing everything that you do. Amen. And most people who are who are empowered want you to want to do more. You got me? You know, things that need to be done. <laughs> we, you know, some things we don't need two of. We need somebody to start learning how to do some stuff so we can make sure everything's taken care of. So there has to be some structure and some order to it. But pretty much believers just meditating on the fact that God wants you to to go out and preach. And, and if you open your mouth, he'll fill it with words. Learn how to work with God. Learn how he uses you. Learn how, don't get up and start doing something all emotional, trying to impress people that you got something. If you got something, it'll show up. Amen. It will be confirmed. Your words will be confirmed. Amen. So look for God to give you the words first, and then he will confirm them with signs following. Amen. If you don't see any signs, go back in your Bible and say, God, I don't see no signs yet. What's up? Amen. There's nothing wrong with God. Probably nothing wrong with you. Amen. But start having dialogue with God about these things. You're his servant. You're working for him. you got to talk to the master about these things. Don't assume anything. Amen. And so he says, in, in all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. Then they began to let the devil come in. I know him. That's Joseph's boy. Ain't that who this is? He ain't nobody important. Amen. Nobody important. And and God does his work like that. He uses whoever he wants to use. So that was Jesus being anointed. In uh, verse 31, it says he came down to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. Amen. You will see this pattern with him. He teached. He preached. And he healed. Taught, preached, and healed. How did he teach in the in the synagogue without the permission of the Pharisees? Well, he had permission from his father. Amen. And see, we have to remember that this is a transition period from the old covenant to the new. Jesus is introducing the new covenant by introducing the kingdom of God. Amen. In its fullness. And so the scribes and Pharisees don't have that mandate. So Jesus supersedes them. He's the new move of God that's coming in to fulfill the prophecy that God still has out there to be fulfilled. So while the old is decreasing and fading into the background, the new is advancing. You got problems when the old is trying to advance too. And that's what we have a lot of times when in the body of Christ. We have these old moves of God that are still trying to advance even when the new is coming forth. Amen. It happens all the time. The salvation only people had to give way to the Pentecostal movement. Pentecostalism had to expand into the word of faith teaching move of the spirit word of faith had to uh, fade back and let the prophetic come forth and so there's been a fight ever since they want to own everything because they're used to owning everything amen 
They're used to being the center of attention. They're used to being the people that could get the big crowds. Now nobody's getting them. So you fight over stuff long enough, God will let it go to nothing. Where you have to go out and beg for three people to come and listen to hear you preach. And you used to have thousands. Amen. You look at some of these mega churches, they're half filled. Huh? (laughs) Dollar. He was funny when he started telling those people, God corrected him on the the manner in which he was teaching on tithing. He said, I know it's going to be more empty seats. There's a lot of them empty now. And he's not used to that. He's used to having to do two services in a mega church. Well, if you ask me, maybe now it's time for a little vacation. It was time for a little slacking off of things, not so much to do. Not, you know, maybe you'll go and listen and, and listen to God some more. Come out with some more wonderful things to teach to his people. You understand what I'm saying? It, it can't, it can only help. If you're still willing to serve God, these things, you just gotta learn how to go with the flow. See, people sometimes get to be junkies for the stuff that they think they've created. They just can't live without it. They just can't go sit down somewhere and say, well, maybe maybe we need to do some things different, God. You just show me. If you need to decrease my numbers so that you can get my attention, do that. Amen. Everybody's numbers got ruined with COVID. And very few are building back up to where they were before. Thank God most of them built their buildings cash by faith. Now all they got to do is keep the utilities on. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it gets like that. I mean, ah, oh, that's not God. God, are you God? When were you, when when did you get to be His counselor? Huh? I don't have no clue what He's going to do until He tells me. And if He don't tell me, I just go along with life just as it is. I'm I'm good right here, God. Till you tell me something else, I'm good right here. Amen. So Jesus got his power from God. He was already filled with the spirit after he was tried and God was satisfied with his testing that he was going to carry the anointing appropriately. Then God anointed him. He does the same with everybody he anoints. You think you just jump up and start singing, we are anointed, and the power falls on you. It don't happen like that. This power, it costs Jesus a lot. And to cheapen it is just ridiculous. When it just happens, or it's on me, or whatever. You know, you can't tell how you were, you don't have a testimony of how God put you through your paces to make sure you wouldn't go go back to the world. Huh? That's why we got a lot of people that get big churches and go back to the world afterwards. They never been tested. Huh? They just jumped out there with a few scriptures and, and some sermons and somebody with money backing them up. Got me? Or many of them are, are soul winners. You ever see these people who are good soul winners? You get a church full of people who are saved and you can't take them any farther. Well, they need to pull some more you know, ministers in there to help them to round out what the people are receiving. But they don't do it. Got to be a one-man show. So you get one-note people. They know they're saved. The house is toe up from the flow up. 
So they sneak over to Joyce Meyer and she whip them real good. Make them learn how to behave themselves. She does. So she's the, the mama to the body of Christ. Amen. She rounds out what, what the men ministers aren't able to do to the people because they're scared of losing them. And Joyce don't care. She's on her own. She ain't trying to pastor nobody. You come if you want to. If you don't, stay home. See what I'm saying? But you get in here, I'm going to show enough straighten you out. I'm going to help you. Amen. It was so funny. Kenneth and Kenneth Copeland tells a story. He and Gloria were, they, they used to ride motorcycles. I don't know what they do now. I used to pray for them. I said, Lord, they go ahead to pray for they sell because I don't even have faith for people they age being up on no bike. You know what I'm saying? But they enjoyed it. And so I think, uh, they were riding somewhere and they, Gloria said, Oh, I got some Joyce Meyer tapes, cassettes. We'll play those. We listened to Joyce all the way up there. So they did. And so when they got, you know, took a little break, got where they were going. And, and so they took the teachings off. So on the way back down, Gloria said, We'll put Joyce on. He said, He said, Really, Gloria? That woman fussed me out all the way up here. I had gone no fun up there fussing me out all the way back home. Amen. <laughs> so, praise God. But at least the body of Christ gets help. So you got to get your help where you can get your help from. Amen. <laughs> so, anyhow. So, so yeah, in, in people have to, their words have to be with power. The power to change is what we have in the anointing. The power for people to hear, listen and hear, and that word come alive enough in them that they will step out and obey it. When you get to people, uh, uh, when that anointing, you know you're anointed when people start to step out and obey and do the works of God. Amen. Those are, those are evidences. You know, we don't always have signs, but they are evidences that that word is with power and it's alive. And so Jesus got his power from on high in obedience to the father when he went into the wilderness fasting and was tested. Amen. That's another key to power. Turn that plate now. Amen. And make sure that you consecrate yourself to the Lord where he has your full attention. There are a lot of things that can be nipped in the bud overnight with with just a little bit of effort of focusing the object is more to focus on god it's not so much sitting there staring at that hamburger until it's midnight <laughs> like the catholics used to do but get that burger and sit it up there at 10 o'clock and by midnight you could have it amen you just wasted two hours lusting after a burger Amen. So, so, and, and you need God's help for that. You know, He will put that on you to not have an appetite, not, not make it easier for you not to uh, receive food. You're not pressed about it or anything like that. And, and, uh, and get in the Word. That's the most important thing. Get in the Word. Pray in tongues. Edify your spirit, man. Allow your spirit to get stronger. So that you don't have all of this flitting through your mind and wanting to get involved in this, that, and the other distractions. Allow that, that settling to come in on you. 
where you know that you know that you know you can hear from God. Amen. You know that. And so um, in John 1, 1, it says Jesus was the word in the beginning. The word was with God and the word was God. So we got two separate gods, but they agree in one. So the word was with God and the word was God. So they were interchangeable, all similar in every respect, except for the way it's manifested. God the Father is the originator of everything. But he receives, the Son receives everything that the Father has. Amen? And the Holy Ghost begins to manifest it. So they all are under the authority of the Word, under the authority of the timing of the Father. Father has everything on a schedule. And everything arrives on time. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen? And so Jesus always honored the Father as being the one that he looked to for the idea, but he never disagreed with it because Jesus was the express image of the invisible God. So that whenever God wanted expression of who he was, Jesus was that expression. Amen. He began to speak. And people began to hear what was on the Father's heart and what was on his mind. Amen? And so we we say that that a, a word is the offspring of a thought. Amen? So the Father is the thinker. He's the conceiver. He's the creator. He's the conceptualizer. But he does not create anything without Jesus. The Bible says nothing was made without him. Nothing was made that was made. Amen. And so when when we think about it, how these work together, think about how you work. You think stuff up, you start running your mouth. Thank God you don't have anybody that manifests it all of a sudden. Huh? You go around and say, oops, my bad. Oh, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry. Oops, I didn't mean to say that. God never does that. He doesn't have to. It's called holy and righteous that's why he doesn't have to go around correcting himself. Amen. Everything he does is right. Huh? So when we obey God, when we're in the will of God, we do what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do and what we read in the word to do, then God is with us. When we are with him, he is with us. When we're in his will, the spirit of Christ operates in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus associated with God the Father, he received power. Amen. He always did what the Father told him to do. He said, what I see him do, I do. (coughs) Amen. That always got him into trouble. But that's how it's done. What you see in the word, that's what you do. When you do the word, you do the will of God. Amen. 
And the Holy Spirit will back it up. He's the one who empowers us to do the will of God and the word of God. He will not empower us to do anything contrary to God's word. Amen. So when you find yourself doing something and you know it's not God, you need to repent. You need to apologize to people. You need to just go and, and say, okay, I was wrong. It's the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's so hard. <laughs> Two words. Forgive me, but very powerful. But the devil will will try everything he can to keep us thinking it's so hard to do or we shouldn't do it. Or what are they going to think about you if you admit you're wrong? You know, all this kind of stuff. So, um, so but we we need to do those things so that we can clean the slate off. God can cleanse us and start all over fresh and new. Amen. It's hard to start over new when you're dirty. Amen. You need to get cleaned up. So every, you don't have all of that tripping you up and wondering when it's gonna uh, expose you and all that kind of stuff. Just get cleansed. Amen. Stay there until you are clean. Amen. Then you know that you're clean. Some people have really bad consciences about things. You need to talk to God. God, I know there's a way for me to get rid of this. Always having this hangover about what I did wrong and and how bad I feel about that. I know there's a way to get free. Because your word says you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Even the guilt hangover. You don't have to live with that. And so most most of what we we get from God, uh we we it it empowers us to live the lives that we need to live. Your first empowerment really is not so much with helping other people, it's with helping yourself. See, when Jesus was tested in the wilderness, it was about him and what he would submit to and what he would do under pressure. Are you going to cave and leave the people under pressure or are you going to continue? Amen. The incentive was that he could be king in an earthly fashion. And they were wanting to make him a king. The disciples wanted to do it. The people who followed him on palms, what we call Palm Sunday. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name. They put him on top of a colt and marched him in and threw uh, palm leaves in front of him. Amen. Trying to elevate him. All it did was brought him closer to the cross. Amen. That kind of sealed his demise. Because if... The Pharisees hated it and they wanted Caesar to hate it too so they could get Caesar to commit to Jesus' execution. And so Jesus already had resisted. The devil wanted to give it to him straight out. Three years ago, he fought him off then. Certainly he's going to fight off these people so that he can go to the cross and make it available for everybody. Make the kingdom available to all who would believe. Amen. So Jesus received power through association. It's always who you associate with that either works for you or against you. Amen. Many times people want to associate. You know, when you find out you're called to the ministry, you know, every nobody knows what to do. People who tell you they know what to do are just pulling your chain. You got to find out from God. But I do know this: you need to be trained and you need to be anointed. There's nobody who doesn't need 
training and the anointing so that they can receive. You need to find out from God who's going to do that. Sometimes God has you in a place for a time and you get everything you know there. Sometimes he'll have you in a place and you just stay there. Amen. And and he begins to feed you and bring things to you that you need. I always tell people, find somebody you want to be like. And 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 get under them. You'll learn from them. It, that, that is so simple. If I want to be a doctor, I got to go to a doctor for training. I don't go to a, a mechanic to be trained as a doctor. Amen. It, these things are so simple. But people will want to go to some place because they've heard of the name of it. I want to go to so-and-so. Did God tell you to go there? Well, see, they have this. You know, always but see. When you get on the but see stuff, that means you never bothered to ask God. Huh? And many times you'll get in a place and get nothing. Because God never told you to go there. Amen. We're chasing pieces of paper and titles. And God wants to anoint us with power so we can help people. Amen. Some people are taught in very unique ways. Ways that defy logic for people. Who know how these things usually happen. And if you want to be a usual minister. I guess that's a good road to go. But sometimes God wants his hand on you uniquely himself. So that he can empower you. Once the power's working in you. There's no denying you did the right thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because unless you just get stupid and walk away from it. That power is going to remain on you all the days of your life. Amen. So you got to stay plugged up the right way associated with people. You got me? If God cuts you loose from somebody, he cuts you loose from them. But always make it so that you can go back. You know, you don't fall out with people because you, they don't, they don't want me to get, let my gift, they don't want to turn my gift loose. Huh? What gift is that again? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. But this is serious stuff, folks. People take it way too lightly. They assume too many things. They assume because they're sitting on a pew and they know a little word, it's time for them to get up and go do something. You know, all of those things. And so we have to stay with God and know what God is telling us to do. Amen. Some of us are really afraid of wilderness training. I'll be honest with you. We're scared of being by ourselves. We're scared of being that sense of I'm the only one. If that scares you, you need to go back and talk to God some more. Because that's going to have to happen for all of us. Amen. You're going to have to be the only one. The only one in your family who talks about Jesus. The only one in your little group of friends who will pray for people and tell them you're going to pray for them. Ask them if they want prayer. Have that boldness on you. You're going to be the only one who's going to be uh, staying at a church where all your little friends are leaving. You got me? 
or in a ministry where they're all going. So if that scares you, then, then, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to deal with that fear at some point. You got me? And let people go and do what they're going to do, but you stay fast to what God's given you to do. Amen? You can't just switch up and, and think you're going to have the same momentum, the same anointing, the same results, the same activity in your life. You're going to have to face the things you really fear and hate facing at some point because God is going to have to prove you. Amen. He'll prove you. Amen. He has to. He has to. So how do we receive power from God? Through simple obedience. Amen. Staying in a place of testing until he releases you. Amen. You can't just crawl down off the cross and when you start sweating too much and then get back on there when you realize you made the wrong. That's why when Jesus, he went all the way through and say it's finished. Amen. It's done. See, I'm done. I'm done. And we've got to learn to do the same thing. We stay until we know it's finished. Till God tells you it's finished. And for us, it's never finished. you got to pick up your cross. The Bible says every day and follow him. There's going to be some restriction on your life where you wish you had freedom. You're not going to be able to have it because your life doesn't belong to it. You've been bought out already. You don't have no say-so anymore. Amen. <laughs> Might as well learn how to enjoy it. Amen. Go with the flow and, and just have a good time with it. And watch all those people who told you you were doing the wrong thing. Watch them flounder. Amen. Not accomplish anything. Many of them don't even serve God anymore. Hmm. How about that? They don't. Dropouts. Amen. The going got tough and they quit. You don't want to associate with quitters. It rubs off. You may not think it's rubbing off, but it rubs off. Amen. The quit gets in ya. You know, every day, people who are following God fight that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember one time I was watching the 700 Club and Pat Robertson was <clears throat> was speaking and he was talking about um you know just just ministry and and following the lord and and um he said uh he said he said i i tend to surround myself with people who are accomplishers and doers he said when i find people who will talk negative and want to quit he said i just get them away from me and he said it in such a sharp manner you wouldn't even think that was the same man who was talking that <laughs> was you know who gets words of knowledge about healing and stuff like that he's very kind and generous hearted gentle man but when it comes to working for god he don't play he said i get them people away i don't let them around me i said whoa you know you learn some stuff you, you get to listening to some of these accomplished people 
and you'll learn some things about survival. Amen. You'll learn some things about how to stay true to God. And if you'll follow their wisdom, look at him. He's outlived his wife. They're both way up in their 90s. She just passed away this year. He's still alive. Amen. Still probably at this point in his life, he's doing more intercession and prayer and and dealing with God. Like Billy Graham did the same thing toward the end of his life. They they spent their lives in the presence of God, the end of their days in the presence of God. They're still being effective for his kingdom. Amen. Still being effective. It's a wonderful, that's a great testimony. It's a great testimony to have. <clears throat> so, how do we receive power? Through simple obedience. Amen. Love the things God loves. Hate the things God hates. Amen. Through We get it through association with God. That's how the anointing comes. Sometimes you'll associate with him through people. You know, people who are your pastors, your leaders, those kinds of people. Um, through associates, friends that you have like precious faith with. You won't have a lot of those. Why? Because God wants you to himself. Amen. You're not going to have to, you're not going to be able to keep up with everybody that runs through your life. Amen. You have to let some of them people go. Amen. For number one, receive the word. You have to hear, receive, and hold on to the word. Always. Let that word be first place. Proverbs 4.20 tells you, incline your ear. In other words, when the word is going forth, stretch your ear out. Make it a little megaphone and listen to that. I don't care who's preaching it. I don't care if it's coming through a recording. I don't care if you're reading it, reading it out loud, whatever it is. That word must have first place attention in your life. Because it's bringing life to you constantly. And you want divine life being pumped into your soul and pumped into your mind and your spirit. You want that divine life coming into you continually. So there's a certain dignity and respect. We must hold the word in high esteem. We have to hold it in a place in our, our, our priorities where we, we're able to set aside certain other things to focus on the word. Don't keep putting off opening up your Bible. Listen, we all do it. I've been there. I'm not proud of it. I fight it. Amen. Turn on, turn on somebody who's reading scripture to break that up, you know, so that you're not, and don't get on that stupid app because you're always going to look at something else. You know, you don't look at that much on that Bible app. You're on there for Facebook or whatever it is or your messages or whatever is important in your life. So don't put the word in competition. You know, respect it and reverence, hold it in high esteem, but always make yourself available to, to listen to that word, covet the word. Amen. Just hold it real dear and real precious to you. So we are to receive, hear, and hold on to the word of God. We're to pay attention to God's word. Give it your full attention. Let every other word go by. But grab that one. When you hear that one, say amen. Grab it. Thank you, Lord. I I need that, God. Thank you for your word. 
What you thank him for, he'll give you more of. He'll increase it on the inside of you. He'll make it real rich in your life. Amen. So we're to grab hold of his word and hold on to it because it is our life. It prolongs your life. It brings life and health to your flesh. That word is every, it's sustenance to us, our daily bread. Amen. Once you receive the word, begin to meditate on it. Hide it in your heart. Mull it over, over and over and over again. I began to, to realize that, that confessing the word was more for me than it was for God. I thought to myself, I said, God, you know what? I'm really not impressing you with saying this over and over again. So I'm just going to think about it to myself and mull it over in my own mind and really savor it and allow myself to get more out of the word by chopping it up finer. Amen. By being able to savor everything that's in it. Um, I was looking at these um, you know, people that make salads. You know, you go in like every all these places that have fresh salads. All of a sudden, chopped salad got to be a thing. And I was looking at it one time and I said to myself, now there's got to be a reason why people are doing this. Amen. You know, when you, when you begin to put the friction of a knife to something, it changes the chemical complexity, complexion of it. It will also change the flavor. It'll change the consistency. It changes everything about that. You try it one time. You try eating baby food versus, you know, uh, like a steak or whatever it is that you're going to put in a blender. You put it in that blender, you've got the same meal, but it's different. The consistency is different. The flavor is different. The palatability is different. It's different food. You got me? It's the same thing with the word. You might get that scripture and it comes into your ears and you say, oh yeah, I know that. But you sit and you chew it a minute. You think it over and over. You meditate on it. Keep saying it within yourself. And see if it won't come to life to you in a different way. This is what the woman with the issue of blood did. She said within herself, not just once, not just twice. She didn't just come up with an idea out of nowhere and say, I'm going to do that. She had to chew it, mull it over, convince herself. So as she chewed it, she got more and more convinced. As she meditated on it, she it became more a part of her. And then finally one day she said, I'm moving on this today. You got me? That's how the word works in us, folks. You don't just grab a scripture and run off with it because it's familiar to you. That thing has become a part of you. That's why people come up and say, well, I'm sick or I'm this. I said, well, make up your mind. If you're healed, there's an anointing to make it come alive in you. But if you're sick, we got to start over again here. 
you understand what I'm saying? See, it's worth meditating on. Because meditation drives everything out of you that's contrary to that word. Meditation drives sickness out of you and replaces it with health. That's why a lot of people think they're in faith and they're not. They're just mentally agreeing with the word. Hmm? So many times we're not ready for something to manifest because it's not real enough in us yet. You let it get ripe and overripe on the inside of you and you'll walk away from every symptom, every every anything. You'll leave it right where you sat and you'll walk off a new creature in that area of your life. But we don't spend enough time chopping it, dicing it, chewing it, making it palatable, getting all a little bit of ingredients out of it, getting all the nourishment out of it. Amen. The more you chop it, the easier it is for you to digest. Huh? That's why people take time to do stuff like that. You know, chop their little food up and all that stuff. (laughs) You know. Some things you don't, you don't, you don't take a good steak and just cut it up in little pieces. I just think that's gross, vulgar, and so common. (laughs) It is. I can't stand it. I was looking at somebody on Facebook. They was bragging on their birthday dinner, and they had they showed a steak. And they had put like uh, dots of steak sauce all over it. And I'm thinking, who does that? I mean, who does steak sauce? If you got a decent steak, you eat the meat. You don't need sauce on everything. If you got a good burger, you don't need ketchup. You understand what I'm saying? All that nonsense stuff. Think it so. Oh, how vulgar. I'm not giving you a like. I'm not giving you a happy birthday. I'm not giving you anything for that. Get that off of there on my page. Delete him. (laughs) But you leave your steak whole so it doesn't get cold on you before your dinner's just a thought. You know, not pressing anybody for nothing. Y'all want to cut it up like Ginsu helps sell. But <laughs> Benny Hanna, you know. But anyway, just a little pet thing Barb has. You know I have my little things. You have yours. I have mine. That's one of them. <laughs> but anywho. <laughs> so, meditating on the word. Chopping it up fine. Getting all of the sustenance out of it. Making it a great morsel to chew on over and over and over again. If, if you hear a scripture and it gives you peace, learn how to feast on that. Let it give you peace over and over. Don't just hear it once, skip over it, go on to the next. So I gotta get my three chapters in, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe just get this one, one passage in. Get this one morsel in right let it feed you if you could walk in by his stripes i am healed 24 7 man what a life so keep going back to it 
I know you read it over and over and over again. Yeah, I like First Peter, by his stripes we were healed. Well, do that one. I don't care which one you do. But get it so that so that sickness leaves your body. Amen. Get it so that you're made totally whole. Sometimes you only need one scripture. You don't need a bunch of them. I know you think you, you got that one down pat, but get it down patter patter. Amen. Get more pat. Amen. So meditating on the word transforms us. It reforms us. It takes out what's not like it and replaces it with the word which manifests itself. The word of God manifests itself. You can't say that about any other word. Only God's word will cause itself to come to pass. If it's believed. Amen. And when when we say believe, we mean believe forever. You don't just believe it long enough to get what you want and keep moving. God's smarter than that. Amen. You believe it forever. You've never stopped believing God's word. Amen. You know, the world is filled with people who believe God for a season and got disappointed in something and walked off from him. Tons of people out there like that. They'll never tell you that. They'll never tell you the truth. You got me? They'll never admit to anything like that. No, I'm still, you know what they'll tell you? I'm still a watchman. I said, I haven't seen you in a meeting in 10 years. How are you still? You understand what I'm saying? Something happened. Caused you to break fellowship. Amen? So these kinds of fantasies that people live in you know they're not true you have to allow God to do what he wants to do in your life every day that you live for as long as you live that's what a real disciple amen he he's if you continue in my word not just the part you like and the part you want to happen for you but continuing in God's word. Oh, I read the word. Really? Where you go to church now? Well, see, we, well, see, huh? That, I've never heard of that fellowship. The well see fellowship. Huh? Do you understand what I'm saying? Dishonesty. Depart from dishonest people. People who won't tell you the truth. They won't tell you the truth because they know that their ideas are full of holes. Amen. You know, I've heard people leave and say, I don't want to talk to you about this matter anymore. (laughs) What matter? Well, you know me not coming (laughs) to church anymore. Well, that's all my interest in you is. You think I want to go kick it with you somewhere and you run the risk of going to hell and will help you? No, you're going to do that on your own. When I talk to you, I'm going to talk to you about getting back with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That That's my job here. All I'm interested in. Well, I thought you liked me. I do. I love you, as a matter of fact. Too much to play games with you. Amen? It's not you. We don't call the shots here. I don't and you don't either. So meditating on the word will get you there. It'll renew you. It'll strengthen you. It'll keep you from conforming to the world 
Because you're already being transformed in your inner man. Amen. By the word of God. Keep chewing it. Keep muttering it. Let it be your your meditation day and night. Joshua said you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Amen. A lot of people have success, but yours will be good. Amen. It won't be just the, you know, your bills paid and this and that and the other. But you'll have good success, excellence in everything that you do. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you for goodness and mercy that follow us all the days of our lives. We honor you, Lord, and we love you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Oh, praise God.